Do you need? Do you want something put over it or? Whoa! <laughs> Excellent start. <laughs> it's a live one. Well, good morning, everyone. Hello. Hello, and welcome to Emma and Naomi's Theatre Brunch, uh, the show where we talk about theatre, we review theatre, and we answer the big theatre questions. How are you this morning, Naomi? I'm very well, yes. Please that it's a bank holiday weekend it is I mean this is actually going to go out next week um but we are recording it over the bank holiday weekend which is very exciting we have with us today uh my little dog Monty as well in the background uh, so let's hope he doesn't start talking about his love of theatre as well and we're ruining our podcast yeah, well. we'll see <laughs> <laughs> so let's get cracking we've got a full full sort of schedule today of things we want to talk about the yeah. biggest thing Naomi, I went to Fringe. Did you? I yes, I know. To... <laughs> <laughs> I said it like that. Just in case no one else knows. Uh, I went to the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Uh, and I've not been to the Edinburgh Fringe since before the pandemic. Hmm. Oh, I mean, I've never been, so... I feel next year you need to come with me. Yeah, I think we should go together. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, because there were so many things yeah. where I kept texting you being like... Guess what I'm seeing now? I'm yeah. seeing the NSYNC musical. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that looks exciting. Yeah, that was my first show, actually. I got up there a little bit earlier than I thought. So I thought I will get back to the Pleasance and I will see the Chris kirkpatrick Miss musical, uh, <laughs> which was very funny and wonderful. And I actually saw one of the actors afterwards and oh, I yes. said, well done. She, uh, she played Lou Pearlman, the manager. Oh, okay. yeah, it was really funny. Um, and I just said, I said, oh, well done. It was amazing. And she actually said, Thank you so much because we're all feeling a bit tired right now. Oh, that yeah. is one of the biggest things. Like I was up there only for four days and I felt exhausted. I mean, I was running around seeing so many shows, but yes, I was very tired. And I don't know how the actors do that every day. How many do they do a day? Do Just one a day. But every day. But every day. And then that's you're like... flying, then you're trying to oh, get... Yeah, of get... Course, yeah. I mean, that's... So I do have, Naomi, for your and for our listeners, because obviously every podcast uh for those of you who have followed our first two podcasts thank you for those of you <laughs> who <not>. have followed <laughs> um I do have some tips oh yes so my first tip is actually so I went on my own because I had lots of friends who were performing up at Fringe I had family uh who were around Fringe as well so I thought well and my husband I kind of asked Lee I said do you want to come and he was like it's going to be one of those trips again isn't it where you book a zillion shows and I went yes and he said I will say <laughs> I'll look after the dog. Yeah, I'll look after the dog, which I don't blame him for, to be fair. So going, quite, uh, not all the shows, but a couple of shows I did go to as one person. Actually, it's quite good because you get to pick some really good seats. Mm. But there's a weird thing that happens at Fringe. You know when you go into a theatre and it's free seating, sit wherever you like? Yeah. If there's a seat next to you and you know it's sold out, you'd kind of move down, right? Would um, you? Or would you? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The amount yeah of, you wouldn't sit on the end in the way yeah there's all these the things. amount of times that I kept saying oh is that seat taken like four seats down oh and yeah. instead of people going oh yeah we'll just all move down one they go oh yeah it is and then I'd shimmy oh yeah I'm doing some nice shimmying movements right now into the seat the one thing I have to say with fringe is that you get so used to small audiences and then yeah. you go back to West End again and you're like <laughs> why am I so far away I want to see them breathing so yeah that was my first thing so going as one person or if you're with a group just be like you know what we're gonna just sit wherever 
because going with like a group of four, there was a lot of people that got quite stressed, I feel, trying to do it. Oh, if they were coming in late. Together. Well, if they wanted to sit together, there was Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, if you're going in, not expecting to sit together, that's going to take off some pressure. Yeah. Or don't be the last people there. Oh, yeah, I'll get there on time. So I went with some really lovely um, friends from my uh, amateur theatre they do, and they were there at the very front, and they got there like 20 minutes before the show mm. started. And I was like, this is amazing. But then when I was on my own, I was like, I don't need to do that. So if you're going to, so my top tip so far is if you're going to go as a group, you need to get to theatre early. Mm-hmm. However, delayed shows is a thing. Oh. I noticed this. And those of you who are Edinburgh Fringe goers um, will know the Traverse Theatre. It's a beautiful theatre up in Edinburgh. It's there all year long, whereas all the other theatres kind of stream unis and lecture theatres that get changed into, into performance spaces. But the, the Traverse is like a theatre that's there all year round. But it does mean that shows that go there now are quite ambitious right. with their set and everything. Okay. And now... Two shows that I went to see at the Traverse. One of them I really loved. Second one, not so much. They were both delayed by 15 minutes. Oh. Mm. And now if you're going to Fringe and if you're doing Fringe properly, I've got a lot of friends who I've seen going up to Fringe and they've seen like 11 shows in a day. If you're delayed, that pushes everything. That pushes a lot of stress on. I've taken stuff before up to Fringe, um, but it's not been at the Traverse, obviously. But it's been in like the C venues, which isn't available anymore. But now, like the space and stuff, you get charged per minute if you're over your oh, time. God. But I feel like they didn't care. But what I just thought was they're being so ambitious that it means that things are running late. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel with Fringe, they shouldn't run late. Next thing, Wi-Fi. Oh my god, <laughs> it was awful right connection and everything i don't know if it's just my phone that edinburgh just seemed to stop but all the wi-fi's that were provided by the theaters and i say provided in little speech bubbles was so bad so mm. just be prepared that your wi-fi will not be great when you're up in edinburgh oh i have a food recommendation okay <laughs> <laughs> so on the last day i was very tired um and i had quite a sore like my back was hurting a bit and I was like, well. so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to find a place that does really nice food and just sit quietly. And I went to the Scotland Storytelling Centre, which is right at the bottom of the Royal Mile. And I had veggie haggis. Oh. And it was so lovely. And it was such a calm space. It is one that has shows in as well. But they have really lovely, like proper home cooked food. And they had a veggie scotch egg, which was lovely. And I had a really nice time. And then the final couple of things was pace yourself, which I didn't always do. And then definitely got, there's a real thing called Edinburgh fatigue or fringe fatigue, I think it's called, where you're just knackered and you're running around. Um, And the other thing is see shows in different spaces. I really tried to, there were so many spaces at fringe. And for anyone performing at fringe, like hats off to you because you are marketing the hell out of your show. But I also found that I was like, I don't have time to go and see everything. And that was really hard to deal with because you're like, I want to see this. I want to support them. Oh, newsflash. (laughs) Uh, Emma and Naomi Theatre Brunch now has eight uh, X account slash Twitter accounts. Oh, yes. And I was really trying to like advertise stuff that I couldn't see because there were so many things. Supportive. Supportive. Try and be supportive. And it's a really lovely... um, I say on Twitter as well, um, Fringe is really good. Like there's a lot of support and and loveliness. So there you go. Wow. Sounds like a lot. It was a lot, but I had so much fun. I'm going to review two shows today from Fringe, which kind of linked to, oh, the final thing I was going to say is there were some shows I couldn't see in in Fringe because it kind of links to you just can't fit them in. You physically can't do it. Mm -hmm. There's something stupid like 3,000 shows there. Yeah. It's, It's crazy town. 
God, you just no one would be able to. No, no. Unless you were there the well, even even if I think I think they the said even if you're out there the whole month and you saw a show every single like hour, you would still not see everything. Ugh. And I did oh. see, I did see on X um a lot of reviewers who were going, I've got to take a rest tonight. I can't carry on. So it yeah. like fringe fatigue is real. So well, I bet your brain's overloaded. Yeah. Or the culture. Exactly. I mean, it was great. You get yeah, out of oh. one and you're in another okay. and you're in another. It makes the days go really fast as well. Mm. So that's the other thing. But yeah. I stayed in Portobello as well, which is just outside of Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely recommend it because it was cheaper. Because you try and stay in the, in Edinburgh during Fringe. Unless you book it now for next year, mm-hmm. you will be looking very, it'd be very expensive. Um, so that was just on a bus journey. So that was good. But going back to my final thing. If there's some shows that you really want to see, but you're not sure if you can fit them in, check out if they're coming to London, um, mm. if you live in London. A lot of them do come to London. So I'm taking a load of my department from school to go and see a show that I really wanted to see in Edinburgh, but it's coming to London. It's come to uh, Shoreditch Town Hall. Oh, yes. So that's nice. Well, that's a good tip then, because then you that releases a bit of time. Yes. Like, I'll see that somewhere else. As long as you note down what you wanted to see I suppose that's true and the other thing is before the fringe as well like if you're going to fringe be aware of what's going around before so one show that was really um I think it's got a fringe first now it's called uh, public and it's basically a musical set in a public toilet (laughs) a lot of people I know have seen it and they've said it's really really good that was at latitude festival but mm. I didn't see it because it was raining. Oh, <laughs> it's a real shame. But they did really well. So well done, Public Musical. You did really, really well. So yeah, so that was my fringe reflections. But talking of weather, oh, Naomi had a roller coaster yesterday. Oh, yeah. So we are probably going to put this up on our Instagram so you will see it today. My roller coaster theatre experience, which is I went to Regent's Park Open Air to see Le Cage Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so the end of Act One happened. I was there very emotional in tears and I was like is that tears or is that rain and then as we were watching the first half you could hear the thunder happening oh in the distance yeah and it was like moving towards us Mm. anyway long story short we're going again in September because it got rained off have you ever been to a show that's been rained off no I but I went to Regent's Park Theatre before to see um Little Shop of Horrors Mm. and it started raining at the end and some of the people fell over on the stage not bad. Oh. So it probably would have got called off if it hadn't been near the end. Do you know what? That's the thing. Like, so in La Cage Pro, they're all in heels, like, and they are oh, dancing. Yeah, they, are. they are, I mean, oh God, it's good. I'm going to go see it again next, yeah. like in September, and it might be one of my reviews. It was so good. But yeah, they were in a lot of heels. And I was just thinking that stage, if that's where. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, but it was chucking it down. I mean, we were standing well, in the bar. Yes, I remember. Oh, God. That's twice now. I've been to two shows in Music Park. That have been called off. Really? Yeah, the first one. I oh, it's bad though. I don't know the name of it. If anyone knows this, it's about it was about a tsunami and it apparently had a, an elephant in it. Please help. Please send in to Emma and Amy Fitzbrush <laughs> what it was. Sounds um, great. <laughs> but it was really funny. So I took students during the tsunami. The rain started, so it was like, oh my god, this is like four so, D. <laughs> And that's nice for a bit. And then you're like, oh, actually, this is too wet. Now. Exactly. So it so it started, the tsunami started. Then we went in the bar. It, they, they stopped the show. It was the first 20 minutes. Oh, you only saw 20 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. We brought all the kids then into the bar and we waited and waited and then they cancelled it. Oh, that's such a pain. Yeah. Also, as my sister Hazel was saying yesterday, it, Hazel. Is, <laughs> it is in fact, that theatre is sort of feels like miles away from like 
the station and stuff. So you've got a high, if you haven't even seen the show, you've packed all the way there. It is. I do feel though, I feel it'd be a good location for a date. I mean, I've, you know. Well, yes. If you if yeah, you go yeah. on like a first date or like if you really wanted to impress a first date, but would you go to the theatre on a first date? Don't know. Would you? Maybe that could be the title of a yeah. <laughs> Would you okay, guys? Uh, would you go to theatre on a first date? I reckon that's more like first dates because yeah. you can't talk to each other, can you? That's true. But you you have something to talk about. Go for dinner before. Like right, okay, I'm planning the perfect date, right? No, <laughs> so, you turn up at Regent's Park at like six o'clock. Mm-hmm. It would start getting dark. They have all the fairy lights on, which yeah, is very yeah. very beautiful. And then you go and see a really fun show. Then you talk, you know. So you'd spend the first hour and a half being like, "Who are you? What are you like?" Are you a psychopath? Then you wear that out. Mm. Then go and see the show. In the interval, you could carry on talking about each other, or you could talk about the show if you run out of things to say. Because you're like, oh, yeah. he's really boring, or she's she's not great. I'm being quite negative. I about just, but I just think it's a lot to spend on a first date <laughs> if you're not sure. Yeah, I think if you were trying to, you've got have had a couple of dates, and then if it, you think, yeah. oh, this is worth it, now I'm gonna impress That's them true. with my. The Prosecco is quite expensive, although a glass is not too bad. So going back to our big theatre question from last month, a glass of Chapel Down Fizzy yeah, was eight ninety five, yeah, and they had non-alcoholic Prosecco. But how much was it? Five pounds. No, that's okay. Not too bad. It wasn't twelve pound like the no. one that I had, where I was feeling very fancy. So yeah, talking Prosecco, should we top ourselves up? So that is my reflections on Fringe slash my experience from yesterday. Which is a real shame because it was really, really good show. And I'm excited to go again. Do you want any juice? Yes. Great. Um, so there we go. So, reviews. Yes. Now you said you've only got one today. I have only got one, yes. Oh, no, so it's going to be me carrying on. <laughs> How many have you got? Two. I've got two. Two from um, from Fringe. So, well, I could talk about the first one. And I feel you'd really like it. So this would be a good, like, okay. yeah. chat. And then, um, so what I've decided to do is I've I've seen a lot of theatre, obviously, this month and some really great ones there was a really fun one that I'm not I'm not going to properly review but just want to give a kudos to it it's one called burning down the horse right <laughs> and it was basically do you watch plebs yes yeah. okay so it's basically plebs on stage it was right. really fun uh, they're called fish for chips um or fishing for chips something like that um and they did a, just a really fun light-hearted they were all stuck in the Trojan horse ready to go oh. in to Greece yeah, because it's the Trojan horse. It's from Troy into Greece. Um, <laughs> if that's wrong, let's sit out. Um, and basically, it was just very lighthearted and very funny. And they were all so invested and I had a really good time. So that, that was really lovely. Anyway, talking of having a good time. Mm-hmm. So I went and saw something that I really hope it is touring. It's going to Bristol and Manchester. I really hope it then comes down to London called Kathy and Stella Solve a Murder. Hi. Now, I love a murder mystery for obvious reasons. I run a murder mystery company. I love any murder mysteries that are on like on TV. I'm like here for this. I went with my friend Neve, who also had her own show up called Get Blessed, which was also phenomenal. <laughs> so fun. Uh, basically training you how to be a celebrant for a funeral. It was very funny. I loved it. Um, anyway, so we went with Neve and it was at the Udderbelly in St. George's Square. So when you come up with me next year, Naomi, yes. there's so many amazing venues that that come up. The other belly is the one that comes to London as well. Yes, I've seen stuff. I don't know if I've seen stuff there. They used to have it in Cavendish Square. Mm-hmm. And I worked near there. So mm-hmm. we used to see it. It's like seeing theatre in a big top, but it's a yes. cow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Not> a, <laughs> 
Anyway, so these guys who brought Kathy's out, I believe it's the second time they've done it. I think they brought it up last year as well. It's a musical and it's about Kathy and Stella who are true crime podcasters and they get embroiled in a murder. Mm. But it's a musical as well. And it's actually from the, I think it's the producers or the, the company behind Fleabag. I see, yes. It's really funny. And, but the characters are so wonderful. And the lead actors, oh my God, they were amazing. Like the singing at the standard. So I, one of the, the main characters who played Kathy was Bronte Barb, who was actually one of the finalists in Over the Rainbow. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. A, um, a Dorothy. Yes. So she was on the hunt for Dorothy all those years ago. A lot of them have done. Oh, they've done well, so well. Because they're Nazis. all bloody brilliant. Yeah, they're all like. Yeah. <laughs> but there was also like every single character who was in the show was just amazing. And this one one girl in it who was like, she was lots and lots of different roles. And then she suddenly sang at the end. And both Neve and I were like, whoa, like back in our chairs. Like the voice on this woman was incredible. So yeah, it was just so fun. And I think it's going to tour. I hope it comes down to London. I really, yeah. I think it needs to come to West End. It needs to be a little bit like an Operation Mincemeat. It needs to be new, not Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, yes. I think West End needs Kathy and Stella solve a, a murder. Yeah, even if it's just um, for a bit. Yes. But it will probably then do really, really well because it yes. is so clever. Well, I'll go and see it. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was my... So if anyone's in Bristol or Manchester or that, it's coming out in September. So do look it up and go and see it. Everyone that I recommended to go and see it have loved it. It is so funny. And it's, you know what? It is... Seeing funny shows is really... <laughs> that's Martin's music. <laughs> She's just seized under the table. Oh, you might not. Um, yeah, seeing funny shows is just such a good way to spend the afternoon. And only you know? 90 minutes. Oh, yeah, we love a short show. Oh, my show. God, that's one of our BTQs we're going to do at some point. We're the value of a 90-minute show. So, in terms of mimosas, Naomi, going back to mimosas, I would give this a five mimosa. Ooh. It was fabulous. Had the best time. I, I'd go and see it again like three times, which is kind of what I feel about Operation Mincemeat. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, five mimosas. Cheers. It won't do it. So I have to go ching because it won't pick it up. Okay. Uh, Naomi, your review. Okay. This one is a bit ra- random one, really. Oh, I love random. So I went to see SpongeBob the musical <laughs> at um, Queen Elizabeth Hall on the South Bank. Yay! Um, Were you there in a row? Yep. <laughs> and actually... Going in, the woman, you know, check was like, "Are you on your own?" Your children. She was like, "Are you on your own?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she laughed at me, and I went, "Oh, I know." But she, and also, you might want to cut this bit out. But she gave me this like paper watch thing because they're giving it out to everyone. But then in the show, they're like, "If you put your watch on, um, then you might get a free Nickelodeon watch at the interval." So it's great if you've got you wear it. And I was obviously I wasn't wearing it, and I didn't want a free Nickelodeon watch. But why did she give it to me? She knew why I wanted that judging me and then thinking I wanted a a Nick watch and I could have won it as well because the woman that came to give him out was right near me if I'd screamed loud enough I reckon she would have given it to me that's going to be the title if I screamed loud enough oh my god do you know what I can just imagine the woman as you're going in going why is this woman here on your own there were obviously there were a lot of kids there but um there were also Adult couples on their on their own with no kids, and there were actually a few people on their own. 
And I will tell you for why, because one of the actors in it who played Plankton was Davina DeCampo from RuPaul's oh, UK Dragons. And she, oh, is brilliant. Oh, so that what? is a reason enough for a lonely woman on her own to go. <laughs> You know what's interesting about that? What an amazing mix of like audience that are going to come in. So you're going to have kids mm. who love SpongeBob. Yeah. But if you're casting someone like Davina DeCampo, yeah. that's going to bring in a whole new audience. Yes. So they don't have any late night SpongeBobs, do they? They should do like a late night SpongeBob I mean, for all the Davina DeCampo. Yeah. They, I mean, because I went to a matinee as usual. Oh, uh, I don't know who goes to who would have gone to the evening ones, but mm. probably more adults. Yeah. Um, but I also had, so um, the person I had that played Squidward was Tom Reed Wilson, but he shares the role with Gareth Gates. Oh. So that's going to bring in- I've never seen Gareth Gates Well, I've heard on the great man, he's probably not that good, right. but, but, Tom, but Tom Reed Wilson was good. Because it's always the way, isn't it? When you get a celebrity- yeah. Well, Tom- No, it's not always the way. Tom Reed Wilson is- my sister knows who he is. He, I think he's a comedian and he's uh, the receptionist on Celeb Goes Dating, which I've never seen. Oh, okay, great. But like has a background in musical theatre. So always. They always, they're always classically trained. Yeah. So let me just um, I'm excited, get okay. back to it. So, Tell me about <laughs> So book by Carl Jarrow. Um, and did I write down who directed? Directed by Tara Overfield Wilkinson. Uh, just a side note, I did actually write that down for Stella and Kathy and completely forgot to do it by it. As always. But I feel like the signs that Naomi, you're always one that's more really fresh than me. Um, <laughs> and the songs are actually written by lots and lots of different people. Ooh. So like Sarah Bareilles, Blame oh. Lips, John what? Legend. Every song, Cindy Lauper. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. But I've got more to say on that in a bit. And so SpongeBob was played by Lewis Cornet. And he was so good. I don't know how well you know SpongeBob. I mean, I know that he lives in an ocean. He lives, the, yeah, or, he lives or something under the yeah. sea. Oh. Um, and the, basically, the premise is SpongeBob works as a <laughs> burger. He works at a burger restaurant. But he does, yes. With the, um, yeah, with that horrible boss. Squidward, and then Krabs is his boss. Boss, yeah. Um, and then Plankton owns the rival um, burger restaurant that's rubbish. Um, but there's a mountain that. Uh, like a volcano that's going to explode Ooh. and it's going to wipe out Bikini Bottom <gasps> unless somebody can stop it from happening. Okay. And so it might quite, it has, quite a clip, honey, Yeah, it? well, it has like messages actually of environmentalism mm. because, because everything down there is from human waste. So actually the mountain, the volcano rather, is plastic bottles and rubber gloves and things oh. like that. But they don't, you know, they don't reference that. But that's, just... so, that's good, like a subliminal messaging of... Yeah. Hey kids, don't throw plastic don't into throw the plastic sea. Into the ocean. Yeah, that's where good, it goes. Good. Um, and and then so there's also this bit about they you know, should they evacuate? And then there's quite humorous bits where they're doing like presentations on the telly, and it's a bit like the COVID lockdown presentations. Do you, is it a bit like The Simpsons where there's a lot of stuff there for adults yes, as well? So it's for children, but it's really funny for mm. adults. I think um, I really want to go. <laughs> Oh, it's finished. It's it's on tour, but I think it's finished in London now. Oh no! Anyway. I know, yeah. So, um, yeah. So properly funny, um, and so then SpongeBob, he's right. He does really good SpongeBob voice, <laughs> but he also when he sings, he just sounds so good, like so oh. phenomenally great at singing, but also sounds like SpongeBob. It's very clever. Really enjoyed Davina DeCampo as Plankton. Yeah, um, such a kind of campy villain. I'm trying to remember. What Plankton's like in this cartoon? Single spell organism, very small, but like got some really good songs. Does a bit of like rapping. Oh, cool! Dancing, so great, so great for that. 
Well, what were the costumes like? Um, so no, it wasn't like he was a, a big sponge. So like, they were was, they were basically humanizing. Him yeah, so he had like yellow hair mm. and like shorts and tie. he had the outfit on, yeah. and glasses. Um, but yeah, he wasn't like yellow. <laughs> and then the starfish has got a little hat on, and nice. it's just the costume is the color of the the character. Were there memorable songs? I, I suddenly realised I was like with Stella and Kathy, like I love the songs, but I can't remember any of them. But I always feel well, like that when it's a new when it's a new musical. Well, you have to like really yes. look at it. So some of the songs were so brilliant. And then some of them, because they were written by different mm. people, I say they don't necessarily all gel together. That must be weird, yeah. But one of the songs, Not a Simple Sponge, is probably the best song in it. And that is Panic at the Disco, wrote that. <gasps> yeah. And then another one I really liked was, was one of the John Legend ones. And some of them were more like, some of them were like, they were all good, but like some of them were like more boring than the others. I feel like that's a weird concept. Like I've never heard of that before. We're gonna that actually ties into the BTQ quite well today, <laughs> um, which we'll come to later. Well, yeah, it's yes, yes, I won't. Because the only the only thing I've seen that is kind of similar in a theatre setting is a play called Greenland, which was at the National um, probably about ten years ago, and that was it was a lot about climate change and and the national did this big uh, production on it and that was four different playwrights writing different scenes and they spliced them together and i remember at the time being like i don't get it yeah um in terms of i i, I like the idea and i like the concept but having four different playwrights writing it you lose that through line yes and i think they sort of yeah because they don't uh, necessarily completely mesh together mm. Panic at the Disco, though. Oh, that song's great as well. Oh, I'm going to look it up. I've listened to the soundtrack quite a lot, because the Broadway version is on. But what I say, uh, it, I really, really enjoyed it, but it's not, like, perfect. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah, some of the story is sort of, like, not like is a little bit, like, confusing <laughs> for me. Okay, um, so SpongeBob is a bit confusing for you, Nathalie. Because you didn't cut out your watch and, um, to know what yeah, you were doing. But I... Um, I've seen some people think it's probably a bit on the cheap. Um, oh. Which, in a way, part of it I didn't mind. So, where was the theatre again? What did you the say? The Queen Elizabeth Hall in the South Bank. Oh, okay. It's big, but it's on. It's on. It's been on tour. Um, right. But I like a lot of the um, scenery was made of like things you would buy, so like rubber gloves and. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, That's I quite like that. But I think where it probably is a bit cheap is that. So whenever it, like there's a news announcement, it's actually on a screen and it's Richard Arnold, the the, the <laughs> he's a journalist, but like the TV yeah, man. Yeah, But he's on, so he's not there. So that that's a character that's not there. Uh, and it's things. Oh, oh, and I know what I was going to add. When I was watching it, I thought they seem like they're down a person or something. Oh. And then afterwards, I saw on Instagram that actually the dance captain had to do a split track, which means he is covering two roles. Oh. Um, so and that was really good, and it wasn't really that noticeable. But I did think they seemed to be have an uneven number at times. And I right. think that's what that was. Oh. But it didn't affect the show at all. But that was just an interesting side. I feel that's an interesting area that we should talk about later, which is the role of the swing and understudies and how that works yeah. and covers. And like, you know, so many times when I read the programme, I'm like, oh, my God, that person's understudy lead cover three for yes. that person. Yeah. And I'm like, how does that person become the cover for the lead role, something would have to go very awry. Well, that... No third cover. Yeah. Them. But I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do a split 
track and I didn't know that was yes, happening at the time um, but there was just a couple of things that made me think oh I think they no because obviously normally it's the cast bringing on and off the the set mm. but at one point when they were bringing on quite a big bit of set there was like an extra man there that wasn't in the show oh um, just covering that yeah bit. he must have been helping out with something, and then like had to do a kind of little bit of a dance <laughs> Because that's obviously what they do. Yeah, and sort of did that. Um, and he's not in the rest of the show, so I was like, well, he's obviously like just doing it to help, you know, yeah, yeah stage manager or whatever. Just to say, um, for those of you um who don't know what a split track is, like or a track, um, which is something I've only learned recently, uh, yeah, being into musical theatre stuff. Um, so a track is your journey through a play or through a musical. So you're on one track and you know you're you're going this way and that way. So if you're doing a split track, you're essentially covering two people. Yeah. Okay, Naomi. So how many mimosas would you give SpongeBob SquarePants the musical? I can't believe I'm actually saying that, but go for it. So I've had thought about this. Um, so I'm going to give it three mimosas. Three. But I had a really good time. But you know, I can't be giving everything SpongeBob. Okay, cool. Right, so this leads us on to the final one today, which kind of links a lot to last podcast. Can you do yeah. Strange Loop? Yeah. Last podcast. Yeah. Oh, and newsflash, Naomi is coming to see Strange Loop with me again on in Tuesday. a week. <laughs> on Tuesday. Funnily enough, she texted me and I was listening to the soundtrack mm. again at that point. That's how in sync we are now yeah. as podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be our second soiree together. I was going to say foiree. What was it? What was it? Soiree. Is it fo- no, oh, foray? No, foray. Foray. Is it a foray? Our second foray into going to theatre together since we started the podcast. Since the podcast, not yeah. in life. No. We've seen loads no. together. But um, <laughs> so obviously our first one was Mayhem, and we haven't actually mentioned them yet. When we went, so last podcast, we were just about to go and see um, a wonderful outdoor production of Macbeth with Mayhem, which was, it was so fun, wasn't it? Like, oh, it was a lovely afternoon. I had a lovely afternoon. The weather was amazing. Yeah, the sun was we there. so the lucky. Yeah, and just a beautiful venue. Mm, yeah. You know, the, the production was so fun. And also, in the round, is really hard. But we, there was also certain characters that we just absolutely love. We love the porter. Yeah, porter was love good. Porter. And Banquo, um, love Lady Macduff. Like, it was just great. Like, so many, like, hats off to Mayhem. They do this every year. And I think doing an outdoor show where, you know, you are subject to the elements, yeah. to sound, to everything. And, you know, I'm a big thing about sound. Oh, yeah, you love it. <laughs> so, well, I don't love it. I, I just find it so frustrating. And um, we actually did have a chat to Alex, um, the director. Well done, Alex. Um, and, you know, he was saying that the sound was a, a big thing for them as well. And I can imagine, like, yeah. if you're in the middle of that space. It's a lot to contend with. So much to contend with. How do you even get power down there? Like the, the really long electric... Yeah, they're just going to be an extension cord. <laughs> anyway, we had a really lovely time. So yeah. well done, Mayhem. Um, long may you continue with those amazing outdoor productions. Yes, well done. Thank and you. we are also going to go and see The Crown Jewels. Yes, we are. <laughs> Me and Emma, we've probably mentioned this, big fans of Carrie Hope Fletcher. We love her. So we see anything she's in. Yes. For any of you who don't know, The Crown Jewels is at the Garrick Theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, the reviews have been mixed, or generally not very good. Bad. 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 <laughs> but we shall hold our opinion until we have seen, seen it. it. Exactly. And this is the first one. I, I think we will properly review this and oh, we'll take yeah. some time to review it and then we'll see if we agree. Mm. We'll see. Okay, so our last uh, theatre review that I'm doing this week and it links back to 
Strange Loop and everything we talked about is that I saw Larry Owen live. Now, this was a late booking for me, Naomi. And the reason I booked it was because of you. Because, um, so Larry Owen, for those of you who don't know, was the original mm-hmm. Strange Loop lead. Usher. Usher in Bro- on Broadway. Yes. Yes. So I knew it was going to be a great night. I knew the voice was going to be there. Oh, yeah. oh. And, I just, and I actually texted Naomi. I kind of booked it and was like, Naomi's going to be so proud of me. Yeah, so I booked it and then I texted you. <laughs> this was my last show with The Fringe. I was getting... This kind of links back to another tip for Edinburgh Fringe. I got the Caledonian sleeper. Oh, but did you? yes, I did. However, I did not sleep at all. <laughs> and I felt comfortable night's sleep I've had. So my big tip: if you're going to do the Caledonian sleeper, which I think is great because it, it leaves Edinburgh at half past eleven at night, mm-hmm. so it saves another night of accommodation, which is so expensive in Edinburgh. To get a, a chair, it was only fifty pounds, which is actually cheaper oh, than yes. doing National Rail back. However, I would encourage anyone who's doing a sleeper who wants it to be a bit cheaper, because I think a room is like a little cabin on the sleeper is like £200. If you booked two chairs together, you would actually have a little bed. Yes. Which would be cheaper. cheaper. Exactly. So anyway, this was my last show of The Fringe. I was like, I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be ready for bed. So I was like, I'm going to just see Larry Owen live. He was amazing Mm. in terms of the voice. And what it was, it was kind of... um, he, pe- he picked a very specific time in his life, which was before he'd made it at all. He was going for auditions for Saturday Night Live. Was he? Yeah. And this was in 2017. So very specific time. And then all these songs that he'd written for kind of that time in his life about representation and how he was being viewed. And, and But he, what I loved, <laughs> it still makes me laugh, is that he kept doing, and I'm going to try and describe it for you podcasters because it's hard to do it without showing you, but he does this time, like, he kept saying, I love an explosion at the end of a, an end of a song. And it's <laughs> the idea of like a power stance, like oh, yeah. hand up, fingers spread, boom, like that. So he did that at the end of every song he did, Aww. no matter what it did. It was really, really clever. I yeah. liked it a lot. However, it was a very weird situation. And I've never had this with Fringe before. It was advertised as a full hour show. Mm-hmm. So, including his encore, which was Being Alive, which, Ooh, holy moly, I, love that. I, love that song. I think Being Alive from Company is one of the most beautiful songs. Mm. And it was so fitting for his show. And just just gorgeous. And he just belted like, yeah. belt it. <laughs> um, the whole show was over in 45 minutes. Oh. No, I actually think he started late. He, st- he went up late a little bit. Not, not too much, but it was a little bit late. So I actually think the whole show was 40 minutes. It was advertised as an hour. Oh. And it did leave you in a weird... Like, and I remember overhearing a couple of people going like, oh, that, we're out a bit yeah, early. Yeah, was that the interval? Yeah, <laughs> and I just feel like you could easily change that. If it's not going to be, you know, if it's not going to be the full hour, let people know. Unless you think you cut any bits out, maybe you didn't feel 100% oh. or it was then, But then put a little sign up, being like, hello, love. Oh, yeah. Just let you know. I mean, I absolutely get it. That fringe fatigue is real and it's exhausting. But yeah, it left a slightly weird taste in my mouth with that. I can't mm. put this into words very well. But mate, I guess maybe they're just like, you get an hour slot, so just say it's an hour. Mm. If he's like, well, I haven't got an hour. But... Yeah, I know. But it just, it just did. I mean, it meant I got to the train station really early. Yes. <laughs> so he was really good, like, phenomenal performer, um, really good storytelling owned the stage like as soon as he walked on stage you were like he's here and I just I just loved I loved him as a performer 
But for me, the whole like finishing 20 minutes earlier and then not even acknowledging it. Yeah. Is is weird for me. 20 minutes is a long time. Yeah. Theater. Yes, I agree. So because of that, I'm going to give it a four mimosa. Oh, that's actually still quite high. Yeah, it's still quite high. He was great. I mean, maybe I'm being a bit generous. But you might like make it a work in progress. Yes, yeah, maybe. Because then, and then you can make it, was, it longer. And hang on, was it advertised for that? Maybe it was. But now I'm like, <laughs> then if it's a work in progress, then shove in some extra songs. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But I fully support him. Yeah. And I will go and see a show if he does one. Okay, so that's our reviews. Um, Again, as always, if anyone has any shows that they would like us to go and see... <laughs> to be like I'd love to know what your thoughts are Emma and Naomi because you are so insightful and oh my god you're so just really know what you're talking about <laughs> just the kudos we we never we never claim to know what we're talking no, about uh, uh, we are not critics we are not critics you know we are lovers of theatre and music yeah, and theater. actually I, I have very rarely seen something that I really didn't like because I find it really hard not to except like we will rock you apart from we will rock you <laughs> but generally I find it quite hard to not like something because I know they're like real people mm. they're acting and singing and dancing and they put in so much effort I find it I would apart from we walk you I find it very hard to like be like well I didn't I completely didn't like that so I felt really sorry for there was the zero star did you hear about that at the national given by the times no it came out a couple of uh when was it I think it was I want to say it was like the beginning of this year it was manor at the national theater and the times gave it zero stars Zero. Is it nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and I do feel I'm like, oh come on. Yeah. Give them at least one star. They've learned unless it was like they don't even know the script or something. Mm. But I think that unlikely. You turn up and there's an yeah. empty stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you turn up, you sit there for two hours, nothing happens and it's an empty stage. That sounds like the kind of play that you would go to and you would take Lee to. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I've taken Lee to come. Maybe that could be one of our big theatre friends. What shows have you been to before you regretted it? But what was interesting about that is it actually became a marketing tool because uh, people yeah. then wanted to see it and be like, why was it a zero star? Um, it was Moira Buffini as well. She she knows the stuff. She's a really good playwright, normally. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so there was a zero star once. I think that's mean. That's too mean. Come on. I would never I give like anything zero mimosas. Yeah. I didn't even ever think that was plausible, like a possibility of something we would could do. Well, and we mean. came up with the concept. I yeah. didn't know you could do zero. So yeah, that wasn't even on our docket. Even if we were rocking zero. No, because you, I absolutely agree with you. Know, it's like they, you know, putting on a piece of theatre, and that's one thing I have to say with Fringe. You just see the heart and soul poured into these shows, and yeah. you just think, oh, give them something. Like, yeah, give them some credit. And you know, it must be so easy to sit there and watch and go, mm, actually, this is rubbish. Mm-mm. They don't, as if you've like wasted your own time. But like, could you imagine walking into into your dressing room and being like, so let's start our zero star performance yeah. today? But we will never give zero stars. We would never. No, don't worry, don't worry. Okay, Naomi, are we ready for the big theatre question? We are. Yes. The BTQ. We haven't got a jingle yet. If anyone wants to get us a jingle, that'd be great. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you the question, give you a little bit of context. And then love to know your thoughts. So the one this month is all about jukebox musicals. And I feel let's start and let's agree together. Yeah. What is a jukebox musical? So in my head, I feel like it's a a jukebox musical is when it's songs from a particular artist that has already come out. They've already been produced, some of them ages ago, and then they get shoehorned into a musical 
and a production is that kind of what you see it as yes although I'd say so something like Anne Juliet oh yes Anne Juliet which um, isn't yeah they're all one. different artist songs but they were all written by Max Martin oh yes it was wasn't it yes. Max Martin was all about Backstreet Boys yeah that. Backstreet Boys NSYNC Britney Spears Katy Perry. Perry I don't know if he wrote them all but he's produced them he's either around a lot yeah, yeah. okay so I think let's redefine our definition so jukebox musicals as we define them are ones where the songs have come first yes and they are now desperately trying to put a story around. Yes, they already exist. Yeah, I feel like I'm already doing a negative spin on this saying desperately no, trying. No, no, but no, no. That and that's an interesting, that's where your brain goes first. Exactly, yes. And I think there is stuff to be said on that. <laughs> okay, fine. So, okay, so in light of that, my question is, do jukebox musicals work, in inverted commas, as a musical in their own right? So, context, are you ready? Yeah. So yesterday I watched the first half <laughs> of La Calge of and I knew the song I Am What I Am. It's a very famous song, obviously. What I didn't expect yesterday was to be sobbing at the end of Act One after Alba, the character in the show, sings that song. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, the performance was amazing. What got me was the context of when it was sung in the show itself. Yeah. There's this moment, and I don't want, because it's still on at the moment, and I would, you know, I saw the first half, recommend it. <laughs> I'll let you know the second. You know, so in the context of that moment, it was devastating. Mm-hmm. And the way she sang it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is brilliant. Yeah. And when I was younger and training and, and doing all my stuff, it was all that idea that in a musical, the song is meant to come in as an expression of, a character when they could no longer say it in words. Right. Yes. Okay, I'm with you now. You get me. I, <laughs> Sorry. I thought, it took a while to begin. No, what I thought you, I was going to have to be like, yeah, but the culture fall is from the culture fall. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the idea is that that was written as a moment of going, this is where that character is going. This is the original. And then it got picked up and became a dance anthem. Yes. But originally it was from the musical. And it was on the Radox advert. Exactly. Yeah. And it's on Virgin and it's on everything. Like it's there. So that is my question. Yes. So thoughts? I gotta say, I haven't necessarily seen loads of Duke Rock musicals of the the original ones, mm. apart from We Will Rock You. So <laughs> well, I, we all know I, how much Naomi loves that one. Uh, which, and I think in those older ones, mm. they made up a story and put the songs in. Whereas with the newer ones, mm. they tend to be about the artists, like Tina Turner. Oh, interesting! Like, like beautiful Tina Turner. Tina Turner. On oh. your feet. I've seen that. It's Laura Estefan. How's that? Oh, that's fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami Sign Machine and then her, some of her solo stuff. But that was... And that's about her life. That's about her life. Oh, so, okay, so it might work if it's about the artist I itself. Think so. um, the band? Actually, my sister Bella would say she's seen Jersey Boys and mm. she thinks that's a really good one. And again, that's about the life of that band. Say, so I've also seen Thriller and actually that kind of works in terms of, you know the story of the Jackson 5 into what what became. Okay, so the way it might work, inverted commas, is if it is documenting the artist's life. Anyway, like I've heard, I've never seen Beautiful, but I've heard really good things about it as a... a And I think this is a slightly newer development. Whereas back in the day, I mean, I've not seen Mamma Mia, but that's that's a story they've just... So interesting with Mamma Mia. So I've seen the stage show and actually... I have to say that's one of the ones that seems to. I mean, sus- I love the films. Yeah. Oh, I don't like. The film. I do, and I love the second film. 
Oh my God, guys, at least after we disagree on things. Uh, for me, I went and saw uh, the, the first film in the cinema on my own. Yeah. Um, and when Pierce Brosnan started singing, I actually burst out oh, laughing. Yeah, I'm not saying that like they're just yeah singing, okay. but yeah. the state the stage show was really good, and I actually think that's one of them that kind of worked well. That yeah. it works with the story. I would like to see it, and I'd like to see it not on my own. I'd be able to sing it again. Let's go and see it. Yeah, yeah. Let's do Mamma Mia. Bella oh. might come with us. Yes. Oh my God, let's do. Yeah, Bella, we've got day. Um. That'd be really fun because I feel but there's a reason why Mamma Mia has lasted so long. Yeah. As a jukebox music. You know what you're getting because it's obviously just like good fun dancing. There's not it's not the same like heavy emotion. So something like, well, you know, on your feet, mm. there's quite various emotional moments, but oh, the that? songs work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some like, oh yeah, there's some good bits. <laughs> <laughs> there's a dead dad. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Um, so I've seen a couple recently. So our house. Yeah. which is the Madness jukebox musical. I really liked it as a musical itself. I thought it was quite clever. There was a couple of songs that kept repeating and I was like, oh, don't repeat it again. <laughs> but actually it was quite a, it was quite a complicated, it was the whole idea that this one character made a, it was like a sliding doors yeah, moment where it made a decision yeah. and there was two timelines. Um, so that was quite good. But the other one I, I really loved mostly, was Sunshine on Leaf, which is the Proclaimers. I've seen the film. Yes. Yeah. So I've not seen the film, I've seen the musical. For me, there was only one song where I was like, oh no, it's getting cheesy, that's gone cheesy. Yeah. But then I've seen, so Bat Out of Hell, right. which we both saw. We do, yes, we've seen that together. I didn't know. <laughs> right. It is bonkers, but actually there's some... There's really a couple of songs that... And there's one song that sort of made me cry a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he, the way he wrote stuff, like the way Meatloaf yeah. wrote, it was like a rock opera and, anyway. And actually, I, I heard the actual Meatloaf version of that out how, only the other day. I was like, this is a great song. Yeah. But yes, it, it, but that's one where the story is... I had no idea. Up, and the he, story doesn't make There was like Radioactive Company or... Oh, oh my God, make, so confused. It just really didn't make sense. No. Uh, I guess there was this towards the end and, you know, they'd all fallen apart and then suddenly they just put up on the screen. Six months later... <laughs> Like for no, no reason, and, and then they could sort of sing. Um, it's coming back to me now. Oh yeah, all coming. Well, like, but it had to be six months later because they had to be like, well, we've obviously we've forgotten everything that happened in six months. It can't be shoehorned in where it makes it funny unless you do that for the whole thing. Because I don't know all the Proclaimer songs, and I think maybe mm. maybe that might be. Yeah, so they were new to you. They were new to me, some of them, and I was like, oh, that that literally could be a song that that person's singing. So. Is it that actually it's better to do an artist where you don't know a lot of their songs and that kind of allows you to, I don't know, I don't know. There's... But then also we we need to mention the band that we saw, which is renamed Creative Stays now. Okay, um, so, now. and then it had technical issues. Oh, yes. And it then started. it got worse and worse and worse. Oh, we just have to, God. It's Take That Songs. Yes. Just to be clear. It was Take That Songs. And also, the book is written by Tim Firth, who mm. works with Gary Barlow a lot. And they also... Did, girls. They, yeah, with the, and I've seen The Girls, when it's called The mm. Girls, and that is a lot more poignant. Yeah, um, But that's because those are fresh songs. Yes, exactly. Like, it's not a... The thing with the band, as we saw it, I think it's... They changed it. They changed now, it a lot, yeah. Is there's almost, like, no part of it for any any of the characters to have a great moment 
No, I don't really remember much actual singing going. Neither do I. No, I remember the flood. I remember the flood. Yes. But you know why I remember that? Because I really like that song. Yeah. I was like, oh. Okay, so to summarise, do they work, Naomi, in your opinion? They can work. Mm. I think they can work if it's telling the story of the artists that the songs are, are yes. written Like, by. I've heard that the Tina Turner musical is amazing. Yes, I've heard that so many times. Maybe we need should to go and see that. We should go and see Tina Turner musical. I've had a very, very nice morning. Yeah, have you, Naomi? Yes, I'd love I, to. I feel like we've gone through a lot. This is So we've looked at, we did Fringe, we've done some lovely reviews today. Um, what tips are we giving? So I've, I've given quite a few tips about Fringe. So I feel like if you're going to Edinburgh Fringe next year, maybe remind yourself to re-listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks so much, Naomi. Thanks for joining me for brunch, as always. Thank you for um, feeding me brunch. <laughs> <laughs> you brought the bagels. So I did bring the bagels. All right. Well, uh, goodbye, everyone. Have a lovely, lovely month. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.